Welcome back to Disney Versus, where we don't know what Wicked Wiles are. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. We are finally back in the Year of the Mouse 2022. Woo! Today we are starting a special series of brackets that we've been working on that I'm calling Bracket of the Ages. Grace and I are going to work our way through a series of brackets based on the eras of the Disney animation canon. We're starting with Snow White and we're going all the way to probably Encanto, maybe. But today we are starting with the Golden Age, which are the first five movies starting from 1937 to 1942. I'm excited about the series because there's some stuff that I know we're going to watch some stuff that I've never seen before that wasn't covered in the original bracket. So I'm excited to see some new stuff. Um, this was not the most ex- exciting bracket assignment, but we'll get there. You've seen the full list, Grace. The last mm-hmm. one the, with the most recent films, we're calling it the COVID era films. The, <laughs> the pa- I think we're calling it the pandemic, the pandemic era films. Except apart from those, this first one is the shortest bracket because it's only five movies. It's a good kind of, you know, training level for what people can expect for this. It's also for me, I'm excited because I'll be able to look with fresh eyes on a couple of movies, a lot of movies that I actually haven't sat and watched since we did the original bracket. So that'll be interesting to do. Like I said, we've been gone for a while, so uh, this will probably take a while. Grace, what you watching? I just finished Inventing Anna uh, on Netflix, and it was pretty good. I also binge-watched Love is Blind with uh, some members of my family, and that was great trash if you're looking for some good... I don't normally watch uh, reality TV, but that one, man, it's it's so bad, it's good. I feel um, like that's the oxymoron that, that describes netflix reality tv in 2021 and 2022 yeah it is great trash yep all of those blind date uh 90 day fiance (laughs) shows that have come out in the past couple years great trash great trash yep highly entertaining jumbo shrimp um gray's anatomy finally just came back so there's that and then i started watching the newsroom for the first time, really since it came out. I watched it when it came out, um, which was right after uh, Tori and I graduated from undergrad. And I'm about, I just started season two, so that's good. And then for books, I just finished Creativity Inc., um, which is about the rise of Pixar. Nice. Uh, and it's written by Ed Catmull. And that was that was really good. That was kind of the kick of the butt I needed. And then I also listened to Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights, uh, which was great. Is Highly that, recommend doing that on audiobook. Is that his memoir or something? Yeah. Okay. I suggest listening to it at like 1.5 speed. Does he talk slow? A little bit. He's got a drawl. Um, and you don't lose anything by going fast. And it's it's entertaining. It's good. I laughed out loud several times. We've talked about this. That's how I listen to almost all of my audiobooks. Because I read the book while I'm listening to it. If I have it in front of me while I'm listening to it, I'll have it at, like, double the speed. Oh, jeez. But if I don't have the book in front of me, I'll listen to it at, like, 1.5, 1.25. I normally start off at 1.25, and then we'll typically go to 1.5, depending. I think it's, it might be Hoopla. One of the things I listen to audiobooks on has a really great, it's not just, like, 
0.75, it's got a nice gradient. So like, I think really 1.4 is my sweet spot for most books, but. Audible has it. Do they? Yeah. For, with like the sliding it's, scale? It's Maybe. by tens. It's uh, like point, point, okay, 1.3, yeah. 1.4. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What you watching? Uh, quite a bit. I don't know if any of our regular listeners listeners follow me on Facebook, but I just finished. Uh, we are in the middle of March. My goodness, Happy Pi Day! Last month during Black History Month, which is the main reason why we're back so late, uh, I did a twenty eight days, twenty eight movies marathon where I watched basically Black Excellence, except for mm-hmm. uh, Kuriko of you know black films that i would recommend or that i love it was a lot of fun how many of them had you seen before probably a good half of them i had seen before and what are your like top five recommendations that i had seen or the new ones or overall either overall or top three a soldier's story i really liked a raisin in the sun i liked and this is embarrassing that I can't remember them all, but it's been like, two weeks. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, it's been two weeks and it was also 28. So, yeah. and really you didn't, didn't you do like 30? I thought you kept going into March a little bit too. Oh, the five no? bloods, okay. the five bloods, okay. probably the newest one on the list, but yeah. So the five bloods, a soldier story and a raisin in the sun. I recommend. Awesome. Yeah. So we have a little bit of news talk. We've been away for a while. So there is, there are awards to get to. Um, I posted this on Facebook a while back, Facebook and I think Instagram a while back. Oscar nominations have happened. Uh, Encanto got nominated for Best Animated Feature, Best Original Score. Fun fact, Jermaine Franco, who is the composer for Encanto, is from Texas, grew up on the El Paso, Texas border, and she started composing when she went to Rice. Nice! She went to Rice. Yeah, hometown. Yeah. Encanto was also nominated for Best Original Song for Dos Oruguitas. They, so far, have been the winners of the Golden Globe and the BAFTA for Best Animated Feature. In looking up these awards last night to put together the rundown, I noticed that they didn't win. Usually with some of the films that we've reviewed in the past, like we'll talk about, oh, uh, Frozen swept the Annie Awards, got nominated for 14 things. They had 13 wins. Mm-hmm. Some of the newer films aren't as, you know, steamrolly, especially mm-hmm. this past year, because, I mean, there were three Disney movies that came out in the past year. Mm-hmm. Something that I've noticed with doing this podcast for as long as we have and looking up these awards and comparing, you know, other animated films to the main stuff that we do, I noticed that. The one that the movie that won the Annie Award is Mitchell's versus the Machines, a movie from Netflix. I think it was done by Phil Lord, who is one of the people who did Into the Spider Verse, did Lego Movie, uh, probably a big I I'll say a big giant in animation writing and animation directing nowadays. Like some of these other movies are very good, mm-hmm. like Water is Wet, but. Disney isn't the only... Disney and Pixar aren't the only game in town. Mm-hmm. I still think it's Encanto's award to lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell's versus the Machines wins this one. Especially okay. with Luca and Raya also being nominated. Mm-hmm. I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchells versus the Machines steals this, and hmm. I it would be a steal. Of the three Disney, I definitely think Encanto has it. But yeah, that would be interesting. Speaking of Luca and Raya, they both were nominated, are also nominated for Best Animated Feature. Luca so far has won the People's Choice Award for uh, Family Movie of 2021. And Raya has won, has been the winner of the North Texas Film Critics Association Award for Best Animated Feature. Oh. Hot take. I watched it again recently. I liked Raya more than I liked Encanto. As, as I, much as we I, raved about it. I still don't think I've seen Raya. Oh, wow. <laughs> I still, I think, I feel like you recorded that when I was busy with grad school something. And then I never, never caught up to it. So I'll add that to my, to my watch list for before our next podcast. Okay. So I can give a full report. We also have Cruella which we did an episode on a while back, has been nominated for Oscars for Best Hair and Makeup and Best Costume Design. And they've uh, recently been, they were the winner of the BAFTA for Best Costume Design. And I believe they also won the Hair and Makeup Guild's award for Best Period Hair and Makeup. Okay. Interesting. The period. I is, Yeah, because it was, what, in the 60s, 70s when it was set? Mm-hmm. I say this because usually if you're winning your guild award, mm-hmm. odds are you have a good chance of winning the Oscar. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, wh- I, what's it up against? What's Cruella up against for costume design and the Oscars? For best costume design, the nominees are Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Oh, damn. For best hair and makeup, it is Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. Hmm. Okay. I can see Dune winning both of those. Not so much hair and makeup. Yeah, I think hair and I think hair and makeup could go. I think hair and makeup could go to Cruella. Costume design is tough though. I still love Cruella. I it's such an enjoyable film. It's definitely one that like, if it's on TV then I'll definitely sit down in the middle and watch it. I believe the Oscars are on March 27th. I will be in Disney. Oh, yeah. I think I'll actually, that might be the day we're at Harry Potter World. I wish I could have gone. I just wanted to taste all the food to see if I was anywhere close. (laughs) I'll still tell you where everything is. Most of the book is in Disney World. Yeah, I need you to give me like your favorite recipes that you like so I can track down some of those. I'll give you 10. Okay. Cool. Let's get to our main topic for the episode. Today we are doing the bracket for the golden age of Disney movies. That is the movies made from 1937 to 1942. Before we get to that, let's hear a quick history lesson. Disney Animation's golden era was the first era of Disney Animation. Not only would it go on to change what animation could be, but it also put Walt Disney and his studio years ahead of their time, taking place over the span of just a few short years in the late 1930s and early 1940s, the golden era holds up as groundbreaking, innovative movie making. After years of hard work and the success of Mickey Mouse in 1928, Walt Disney had finally found his mark on the Hollywood scene. but. That wasn't enough for an ambitious man in his late 20s. 
he didn't settle on just having the most popular cartoon character. While most people who saw cartoons as nothing more than five-minute jokes that played prior to films at local cinema, Walt saw the potential in animation as moving artwork. With the debut of his Silly Symphonies in 1929, he played with the idea of artwork, eventually adding color to go with his sound cartoons. Mickey Mouse and Silly Symphonies were getting him Oscar nominations and recognition around the world. But he thought the medium could be pushed even further. Instead of creating short five-minute jokes, Walt was going to make a full-length drama film made entirely through hand-drawn animation. Disney's golden era consists of his first five films, each of which push boundaries artistically in their own way, with the first being the catalyst to see if the experiment would even work. That was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So that's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi in that order. That history lesson was by our new friends over at Modern Mouse. For more information on the background of these movies that we're about to talk about, please go check out their full video, Disney Animation's Golden Era Explained, on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. Uh, very good video. I went through a couple of videos on their channel, and it's really good stuff. Okay, let's get to the bracket. Here's how I put it together. And I say I put it together uh, probably on New Year's Eve, just to have something to do. So it's been a minute. <laughs> The rankings were derived from scores on Rotten Tomato, Metacritic, and IMDb. I took those scores, and the higher your score, the lower points you got. If you had the best Rotten Tomato, Metacritic, and IMDb score, you got three points because you were number one, 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 and one. Mm-hmm. And then I averaged those together, and then that's how we got the rankings. Okay. And if there was a tie, this going for all of the brackets is how I did for all of them. If there was a tiebreaker needed, I went who had the higher scores for most things. So if two movies are tied and one movie has a Rotten Tomato and a Metacritic score that's higher than the other movie, it gets the mm-hmm. higher it gets the higher seed. Okay. So we're going to try and keep to 10 minutes talking per matchup so we don't get long-winded. Uh, Heather the Coin is here to break ties, as always. And if if there are any hot takes or strong or divisive points, please explain. Okay. We had an odd number of movies, so that means we had to have a wild card. Wild card to start things out. And after watching the movies, I am disappointed at what the wild card was. (laughs) Our first our first matchup in the wild card is Bambi versus Dumbo. What are your thoughts, Grace? I okay, so these of the five movies No, these were these were pretty much middle of the road. Pinocchio is my least favorite of of these five. Bambi, I remember when we talked about Bambi in the past, um, I liked Bambi as a kid, and then when I watched it for the podcast, I was like, This is kind of boring (laughs) and it's short um but the music's great i do like all the fire like there's some really cool use of color dumbo is just sad and i mean i i think it deserves edibles but (laughs) that's a different story um yeah what about you 
I uh, agree with you for the most part. Um, I remember, I think when we did this originally, and I'm going to try not to, if I make any jokes that were made when we did these originally, I apologize. I remember not being too kind to either of these movies when we did the original Mm -hmm. bracket. I have grown since then, and I don't want (laughs) to give anything away, but these were probably my favorite two. Really? These were probably my favorite two for different reasons, because they're two different movies. They have uh-huh. very different tones. Yeah. But yeah, I like, and you you are very right about Dumbo. When uh, Baby Mine happened, I just kind of like curled up and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're both depressed. Yeah. They both need a hug right now. And it, it's it's just a, it's just a, a sad movie because just, it, it's rough. It is. Yeah. Did you notice we both watched these on Disney Plus? Did you notice the disclaimer at the beginning of a couple of these movies? With, <laughs> I've, I've, I always chuckle at which of these movies, which movies get a disclaimer. Because <laughs> I know, I sometimes I can call them out right away. I'm like, mm-hmm. Peter Pan is going to get a disclaimer. Dumbo's going to get a disclaimer. There's another one that we watched. Fantasia we, got one. Oh, yeah. Fantasia got one. When, we, when it got about halfway, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the movies that we watched during the Halloween bracket got a disclaimer. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I can't remember which one it was. Huh. But yeah, I, I always... Disney Plus and the disclaimer is a is a hilarious thing to me. <laughs> you know what? I think as opposed to taking it down, I think it's appropriate. I think it's well-written. Um, actually, it's probably worth bringing up. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create more inc- a more inclusive future together. I think that's a decent way of calling it out because there's some really fucked up shit that uh, ended up in Disney movies. But also, like, Dumbo was revolutionary to some extent. Yeah. Um, Fantasia was trying something very new. Mm-hmm. Is cultural appropriation okay? No. Um, is that the whole movie? Also no. I think that's the most important thing. I mean, it's... Yeah. These these films are... They will forever be important. Like, I'm not I'm not scoffing at the... At the... Uh, at the disclaimer. I just... Mm-hmm. I just always think it's funny. Like, what me... And... Oh, I remember now. It was an episode of The Muppet Show that got a disclaimer. That's what... Oh, it wasn't, okay. It wasn't a movie in the Halloween bracket. I just watched an episode of The Muppet Show around the time that we were deciding to do a Halloween bracket. Sorry, that was going to bother me. Um, <laughs> I just just trying to find the reasons that it got a disclaimer because it says it kind of says the same thing for each. It, it's the same disclaimer, but it doesn't mm-hmm. say what's the what's the thing that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I spent a good chunk of the movie like, okay, is that the thing? Sometimes it's blatant. so what. What did you think it was in Dumbo? Oh, I knew what it was in Dumbo. It was the the Jim Crows. By the way, uh-huh. that's what they're called. They're called Jim Crows. Yes. Yeah, I, I knew that one. So there's that. There's also the song at the beginning with the railroad workers. That one I wasn't sure about. That Okay, so I messaged Tori. I was like, have you looked up the lyrics of this? So it says something about it's This is worth pulling up, too. It's called Song of the Roustabouts. So... A roustabout is an unskilled laborer, and there's a line, we're happy-hearted 
happy hearted roustabouts. We slave until we're almost dead. We don't know when we get our pay and when we do, we'll throw our pay away. Yeah, that's not cool. (laughs) When we get our pay, when children say with happy hearts, it's circus day to day. It was the 40s, y'all. Yeah. I'm not, and I don't say that in a, this was okay. It's not just, it was the 40s. I don't expect people in the 40s to have known better. Having just watched all of those movies, a good chunk of the movies that I watched for my uh, 28 movies, 28 days marathon, mm-hmm. a lot of those were pre-70s. Oh, wow. So, yeah. We'll talk about that some more off mic, Grace. It's very interesting. <laughs> I thought both movies were great. Uh, it's unfortunate that they're against each other. I, I mm-hmm. loved... I watched Dumbo last. because Not Dumbo. I watched Bambi last because I watched these in order. I recognize that not a lot happens in Bambi, but Bambi is a freaking gorgeous movie. It is. I do love, um, I thought the watercolor was really, like a really cool effect. And I do really enjoy the music in Bambi. It's moving. I I don't know if I noticed this last time I watched Bambi, but Bambi's mom dies, spoiler alert, more than halfway through the movie. Yeah, she does really early. No, I thought it was was like in the first twenty minutes. No, it's it's more than halfway through the movie. And there's a there's one part when she first they they first go to the meadow, and I thought that's when it happened, but it's yeah, not. It doesn't, that's, it's not yeah. until winter. That's what I thought too. Yeah, but they set that up like that's that's decent storytelling that they set that up. Like don't because mm-hmm. she she goes no 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 she he tries to run out to the meadow, and she's like brust up. Yeah, but it. So because I thought that she was going to die the first time they went to the meadow, like they're going on an adventure. He asks where they're going. She says, we're going to the meadow and kind of builds up excitement a little bit. And then once they get there, she's like, oh, you need to slay your role. Like you just hyped him up for this. I feel like there should have been a conversation along the way that was like, yeah, we're going to go do this cool thing. But also you need to be careful. The relationship between, and you just saying that just now, the relationship between Bambi and his mother reminds me of the relationship between Littlefoot and his mother in The Land Before yeah. Time. Mm-hmm. With similar outcome. Not for the same reasons. Well, actually, kind of. I don't of. remember how Littlefoot's mom died. Um, It was a sharp tooth attack that... No, it was an earthquake that kills... Littlefoot's mother. I don't know if she a rock. Uh, let's let's say an earthquake happens and a rock falls on Littlefoot's mom. Let's go with that. That sounds familiar. I think I'm wrong, but it's either an earthquake or sharp tooth that kills Littlefoot's mom. But we digress. That's not <laughs> uh, great film, by the way. But I I liked the ambition behind Bambi because it's mm-hmm. a different. It looks different. Um, it's not as um, as joyful mm-hmm. because. Like, there's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of joy in the movie. Like, when Bambi is born, they're all happy and respectful. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of sorrow in the film, too, because Bambi's mom dies. And then you don't see Bambi for a while because he his dad takes him and he grows up. Mm-hmm. And then there's more joy with Spring. Let's just, it, mm-hmm. Spring and all of the animals getting their swerve on. Because that's what mm-hmm. happens. That's, that's what happens during that scene. They all pair up. The spring comes, they all pair up, and yep. yeah, they hit puberty real hard. That's what happened. I mean, it's off screen, but we know it. It's, it's, we know that's we what know, happened. We know what's happened. And then Man returns to the forest, 
And then the forest burns down. And then everyone is homeless for a while. Bambi does a good job. There isn't all that much um, dialogue in Bambi. So a lot of the storytelling relies on music and scenery. And visuals. And even even like the changing of the seasons is kind of mourned and then celebrated. Right. I appreciate that Dumbo is short because not that much happens in Dumbo. Dumbo mm-hmm. is born. He gets bullied by the older elephants. It's like it's so mean. It's like it's he like old women. Call, to do. It's old women calling a baby ugly. That's that's what's <laughs> at the beginning of Dumbo. They take him to the circus, and kids just are the worst. Was it Harambe where kid falls into the thing and they end up killing Harambe because the kid's mom was an idiot and let him go running wherever? I don't know. It's not working. I think this is what happened with Harambe. <laughs> but yeah, his mom went rightfully berserk. Dumbo is just depressed. And I'll bring this up when we talk about Pinocchio, but Timothy Q. Mouse and Jiminy Cricket serve a similar purpose. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jiminy Cricket is Pinocchio's conscious, Timothy's Q. Mouse is Dumbo's hype man and manager, basically. Let's, let's call <laughs> yes. it the hype uh-huh. man. The flavor flave of the circus. And also a bit of a narrator outside of Dumbo. Yeah, because Dumbo is the only titular, the the only title character in canon that doesn't speak, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And I, I kind of like it because Dumbo is all, it's all facial expression. You can tell mm-hmm. what Dumbo's feeling because it's... And ears. Yes. I like how simple this story is. You know, Dumbo's sad, a sad elephant gets, mm-hmm. you know bullied in the circus and once he finds his his niche he's the superstar of the circus i think the one thing that doesn't really contribute to the plot of this movie is the pink elephant parade mm-hmm. which is the most icon which is one of the most iconic things from the movie mm-hmm. so i mean you take it or you leave it but it, at least it's you know an hour of a movie yeah so. i don't know what to choose with this one i think i'm gonna go with dumbo why i think because it's got more story to it like bambi is it's pretty and it's it's got a a pleasant soundtrack but there isn't all that much story there's just not that much happening yeah i was and, thinking that and last dumbo night. yeah dumbo definitely takes you on a journey i'm not i'm not crazy about the journey <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's more entertaining. I was going to pick Bambi, but I kind of agree with you. Bambi is underrated. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. It is underrated. But I think what's stopping it from being, you know, probably the best, undeniably the best movie of the golden age is its lack of story. Because it looks great. It's the best drawn, like it it has the best visuals and animation of the five. Mm -hmm. Like the fight scene where Bambi is... um, Going against the other buck. Yeah, for Feline. Mm-hmm. It's a great scene. Mm-hmm. It, it gets intense. Mm-hmm. And I gotta ding it for the lack of the lack of Baby Mine. Because there isn't really <laughs> a, a singable, memorable song mm-hmm. from uh, Bambi. Uh, but Dumbo has Baby Mine. Dumbo has uh, Elephant Fly, which is problematic. Not it, No, <laughs> it's not problematic. I mean, it's some some jive-ass crows. That's what it is. They are are jive-ass crows. Every time I hear that song now, though, I think of 
Voc- is it Voctus? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the Fly Medley. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Voctive, the musical group, um, is an acapella group that performs at Disney parks. Yeah, they did a mashup of "Let's Go Fly a Kite." You can fly, you can fly, and when I see an elephant fly. Yeah, great medley. Shout out to the real Heather for introducing that to me because that was that was all. <laughs> Not Heather the Queen. Heather the real. Okay, so Dumbo. Yeah, let's let's say Dumbo. Okay. Dumbo goes on to the semifinals, wins the wildcard matchup. Let's take a break from Dumbo and let's talk about the next semifinal matchup, or the the first semifinal matchup. We have Snow White versus Fantasia. Of the five, Snow White was the one I was most excited to rewatch. It's dark. I love how dark it is. It's twisted. The queen is conceited, and she straight up puts out a hit on her daughter. Stepdaughter. Stepdaughter. Because it's all, because before the Renaissance, they were all stepchildren. (laughs) Except for Sleeping Beauty. She goes and lives with seven old tiny men. There's a poison apple. She makes herself look decrepit and... um, frail which is ironic because she wants to be the fairest in all the land but so that she can (laughs) so that she can uh trick snow white and then she dies a a really gruesome death that is mostly off screen but pretty stark i mean did you want to see her smushed (laughs) no but i mean she was she was straight up about to topple a giant boulder on top of the dwarves and That's, that's a very inefficient way to try and kill seven small people i don't know because if you if it's like bowling if you just knock enough of them off then they're falling off a mountain fair as as she as she eventually did yeah Chekhov's falling off a mountain um i do think it's (laughs) it's got its problems (laughs) for instance she's dead for about a second before she's undead (laughs) Are you talking about Snow White? Yeah. The prince is on screen for maybe three minutes, but it's still somehow a a huge plot point. Is he a plot point or is he a MacGuffin? Maybe. (laughs) But it's it's got some memorable songs. Snow White was the first one that I watched, so I took the most notes for Snow White. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So I have the I have the most questions, like hypothetical questions about Snow White. But I agree with you. The first thing I notice when the when the evil queen and that's her name, evil queen, because you got to keep mm-hmm. the villain names mm-hmm. straight somehow. I I I noticed like she gave up so much of her air quotes beauty to become this old hag, and all of the stuff that she was listing that goes into the potion. I was like, this is a lot. This is a lot. Why why is this so important to you? You're going to some lengths and also you want her her blood to congeal. Yeah. It's congeal like Monty, what's congeal? Do you really want to describe that? I You pick your battles okay. with that one. <laughs> it's like jello. We're turning blood into jello. And then when when they turn 10, you clean up what actually congealing is. 
<laughs> Question. Uh, with Cinderella, we learned that her name was actually Ella, and they gave her, you know, a uncreative, if not catchy, nickname. Mm-hmm. Is Snow White her actual name? I straight up wouldn't have... If you'd asked me what Cinderella's real name was, I don't think I would have come up with Ella immediately. Yeah, it's Ella. It's Ella. <laughs> Um, they, in the Thank You 2015 movie, I recommend you go watch it. Uh, they call her Dirty Ella. And then they like, they're like, she looks like a cinder. And they're like, Cinderella. I'm like, well done. <laughs> well done. We got there. Yeah. It, it took a couple of drafts, but they got there. But my question is, the mirror is describing Snow White's fe- features and her skin is, they said, skin is white as snow. And that clearly gives it away to the witch who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, is that her actual <laughs> name? Is her name actually Snow White? What if her skin wasn't white as snow? Yeah, you know? I had that I had that thought when it was said, too. Um, and, like, white isn't an uncommon last name. Ooh, but snow. Good point. Snow would still be an unusual first name. It's a lot more flattering of a nickname, depending on who you ask, than Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cinderella is a trash nickname. <laughs> mad disrespectful. And the other thing that I thought of, that I was thinking of that I wasn't when I wasn't nitpicking for cinema sins level things, I was thinking of what the live action adaptation will look like. Because for those of you who mm-hmm. have seen West Side Story, Maria, uh, Rachel Ziegler, is our Snow White. And because of that, I can't yeah. wait for... I. She's great. She's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Kid's going to go far. Uh, there's a picture of her on Twitter with the haircut, with the Snow mm-hmm. White haircut. And I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be so good. I need to see it. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. Something that I thought of with the music. The music is great. Something that you don't really see is people singing, besides Hi-Ho and Someday My Prince Will Come, nobody really sings any of the other songs from uh, Snow White. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's I'm Wishing, there's One Song, which I love One Song. I think I said that mm-hmm. when we originally talked about it. And on the we did a 30 or an 80-year retrospective of it. Love one song. No one talks about the washing song. No one talks about how the dwarfs just get lit after <laughs> after the meal. That whole dance <laughs> sequence is great. With a smile and a song, whistle while you work. Mm-hmm. If you think of if you listen to whistle while you work, most of that is snow just riffing, which is fantastic. There's no other. Mm-hmm. Se- there's no other. I don't think there's any other princess who just riffs during the, during most of the song. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Uh, question to you, Grace, because you're my barometer of feminism, whether you knew that mm-hmm. or not. Um, <laughs> where do you? And that's a that's a. I mean that respectfully, out of out of respect. Where do you? Because she is the OG princess. Where yeah. do you really uh, put Snow White in the pantheon of princesses? Like, do you do you give her her props? No, <laughs> and well, and really, like she is of her era, right? Like she's stereotyped as like she's a homemaker. She 
is all about cleaning and getting these guys uh, cleaned up and in order. And um, it's very, it's a very old fashioned version of what a woman should be. I also have to like put that in perspective though. She's supposed to be like 12 or 13, right? She's supposed to be very young. I've seen 14. I think I've seen 14, 14 consistently. Yeah. She's supposed to be very young. So the first, in the first five minutes, my gut reaction was, oh my God, you poor delicate flower. Like you have no street smarts. You are absolutely afraid of everything. Um, and totally unsuspecting of, of any, anything trying to cause you harm. But I, I get it. So on the spectrum, I feel like she's at the very bottom of feminist princesses in the Disney repertoire. But, but, but she did regain a little bit of respect for me. Gotcha. And reading the rest of the note after I wrote to ask you that question, me personally, I had to give her props that after she had her little freak out, she mm-hmm. did take a minute, take a breath, and say, basically said that, you know, she's... I apologize. Yeah, she was tripping, got her stuff together, and was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm good. Everything's going to be okay. I just say oh, it out. But then she totally takes control of the situation, which, in a, in a kind of bossy way, like, she just gets all the animals to do exactly what she wants, and then they go into it. She's like, I need a place to stay. Y'all can help me with that, right? And then yeah. they take her to this house and then she puts them to work with, right you take you take that you do the dishes you you dust the mothballs i'm she gonna starts, go to the room she starts delegating <laughs> yeah like, like a boss like, witch. okay uh but also housekeeper like homemaker uh woman role so. and, and oh. in the past i know we've been down on her where she's like oh maybe if i maybe if i you know clean they'll give me a place to stay but before that she kind of does it out of kindness because she's like, you think their mother would. And then she's like, oh, maybe they don't have a mother. That's sad. Let me do this for them. You know, she, she it, not, it comes also, from a nice place, I think. I I also kind of chuckled at that because she was like, oh, this could be a thing. Yeah, that's what it is without having yeah. anything. She's just yeah. making up this whole story in her right. mind about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Let's put a pin in that part of the conversation because I have so many notes about Snow White and spoiler alert i'm about to vote for snow white because as much as i love fantasia i watch fantasia 2000 more because it's a fantasia is a lot of movie mm-hmm. and i know it two was two hours like yeah. two hours and eight minutes and i know it was meant to be a touring thing but mm-hmm. you go from snow white which is short pinocchio which is shorter shortish to two hours of fantasia it's a lot so I finished Fantasia right before we started the podcast, and I think I've seen it once, one other time before, because it was familiar, but not really. I can't get past, so Tori mentioned that it was supposed to be a touring show. Theaters had to spend something like $85,000 uh, renovating. In um, 1940s money. And, and uh, yeah, to upgrade their theaters to show the show because basically they'd um, they'd contracted this new technology that was the very beginning of surround sound. I I got to the end and was all I could think was who was the audience for this? Right, like they're 
at first I could see, okay, maybe this is a way to get kids interested in classical music. That's a cool concept. There's a lot of nudity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's some really dark and scary stuff in Fantasia. It's really long. <laughs> um, and the guy presenting each of the pieces, I do really like the recap of, or the kind of preface to each of the performances um, because it gives you good context for what you're about to see and hear. But he's a little, it's a little dry. <laughs> so I, I just wonder, like, who did Walt think this audience was going to be? I mean, we ask that question now. And as a creator, I kind of think I'm writing this for me, like, or I'm creating this for me and the audience will come. And again, but sometimes we there don't have audience. to. Yeah. So we do this out of love for it. Right. But we also don't have to pay $200 million. Also true. Or two. What was it? Very true. How much? Some absurd amount. Not $200 million, That's too much. Two million. Was that right? It was. Uh, yeah. It was, I think, I think Fantasia was like two million, not counting yeah. all of the renovations or other, of the upgrades to theaters. Too much. It was too expensive. Yeah. To be fair, there are some iconic scenes from it, like all of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. The Sorcerer's Which was Appren my favorite part. Yeah. I was cracking up. <laughs> yeah. And the Sorcerer's Apprentice is what gets a lot of, I mean, that is what get gets a lot of kids into music. I know... I probably wouldn't be a musician if I hadn't seen The Sorcerer's Apprentice. There's a good chance mm -hmm. that that wouldn't have happened. Hmm. Night on Bald Mountain. That's my second favorite part. Yeah. But also so dark. Very dark. The Nutcracker Suite, though Tchaikovsky hates it, it's probably one of the most popular pieces of music ever. I enjoy Nutcracker so much out of context. Hmm. So I, I like Nutcracker. I think the pieces that were chosen were good. I mean, they are some of the... We studied, I think, every single one of these pieces while we were in school. It's just long. It's a lot. Yeah. I think I think about it this way. So Fantasia 2000 is 75 minutes long. Something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been perfect for the first yeah. Fantasia. And then when you get to you know, modern times, 2000 and up, when people will go see, you know, an Avengers movie that's three that's three hours long, three plus hours mm -hmm. long. When you have more love for classical music married with animation, mm -hmm. I think you can get away with more, you know, runtime wise than with mm -hmm. than beforehand. And plus, you cut the movie in half, most likely you cut the costs in half. There's mm -hmm. probably a, a, a flashpoint uh moment in time where Walt's like maybe let's not make it two hours and mm -hmm. maybe it's more successful you get a bigger tour out of it the original idea with Fantasia was it'll tour but it won't be the same time it won't be the same thing every time you see it they'll take in mm -hmm. you know segments they'll, they'll plug and play different segments depending on you know whatever or wherever they are because mm -hmm. I think I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. I think they had live orchestras playing with this, right? Maybe? I don't know. Okay. But, yeah, it's... Uh, no, no, never mind. Never mind. They wouldn't need the surround sound if they had live orchestras. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. But, yeah, I think if, if they would have flipped it, made the shorter one first, the longer one would have been more... The shorter one would have been more successful, and a longer one 
probably would have been more well received. And also cap it at like an hour 40. Yeah. Like like 65, 70 minutes for the first one. So Snow White? <laughs> so Snow White. Yeah, Snow White. let's do Snow White. Yeah. Okay, so Snow White goes on to uh, the finals. And in the for the second semifinal match, we have the one seed. We didn't we didn't mention that P- Pinocchio is the one seed Bleh. versus the four seed Dumbo. Pinocchio is my least favorite of all of these. I I do not like it. Why? I don't because I don't deal with stupid well. <laughs> Pinocchio is ignorant. Like he, he's naive. Yes, he's naive because he he hasn't been a human. But he was given a conscience and told, like, listen to your conscience. That's going to be your guiding star, your north star. And he doesn't. He completely disregards Jiminy Cricket. He gets into two problems. First, by becoming an actor. Second, by being taken to Adventure Island. Is that what it's called? Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island. Oh, you, even you better. Named, you named the wrong Disneyland Island. <laughs> <laughs> that is where the Blue Lagoon is. <laughs> that is where Captain Hook's pirate ship is. It is. It there is, you go. It is Adventureland. Um, also, a movie starring Jesse Eisenberg. And then he has to go rescue his dad, which I think I just block out this a lot of this movie every time because I was like, wait, he has. He's going to the whale. He gets to the whale because he's trying to rescue his dad. That seems okay. Okay, we're we're here. No, I. It's a little too. I don't know why this crosses the line for me, but it's too fantastical. I don't like Pinocchio. I think Jiminy Cricket is a terrible guide. Terrible conscience. He does not do a good job. He does not deserve the gold medal. I mean, Pinocchio got there eventually. He he got to. He got there. It it took his, it took him a minute because he's naive and he was literally born yesterday give him a little bit of see i love this is why i love age of ultron it's just such a great movie because it's all just pinocchio anyway that's for another podcast uh, he gets there and i notice with jiminy it's a not self-conscious thing i mean he is self-conscious he's he, he doubts himself because when Pinocchio goes off with what's his face, he's like, "Who needs a?" And I love this joke. He's like, "What would an actor want with a conscience anyway?" Uh huh. That is the best joke of any of these five movies. I'll say there. There that were was a few. There were a few good jokes uh, in this movie. There's the joke about the jackass. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also pretty funny. Something that we didn't talk about in Snow White was I love the physical comedy. And Pinocchio has some physical comedy, but it's not quite as good. No, it's not. Yeah, I, I know we've talked in the past about how ineffective Jiminy Cricket is, but I will give him, a, again, I've, I've grown. I will give him a, a slight gold pass. Star. because No, not, not gold star worthy. <laughs> but, uh, Get it? Because he got a gold star? <laughs> Jiminy, he, he, Pinocchio gets there in the end. He, he, they have the best intentions. Jiminy, he tries. He tries, and, it, and what it, it's not in the it's not in the succeeding; it's in the trying mm-hmm. that builds character, which is what Pinocchio is trying to build. This is another movie where it's very it's it. There are a lot of vignettes because uh, 
first is the situation and it's and it's three trials basically because the first trial is pinocchio becoming the actor and mm-hmm. then there's pinocchio going to pleasure island and then there's at the end when pinocchio's like i gotta go save geppetto that's mm-hmm. his three trials that he has to go through with the blue fairy to become a real boy the advantage that pinocchio has over you know dumbo and bambi and kind of snow white is pinocchio is a more i think a more universal story and a more universal character kind of because pinocchio's what is his what is his most culturally defined characteristic you lie your nose grows that's his thing Amber, Amber was watching Pinocchio with me and she was like, if I, if you asked me what Pinocchio is about, the only thing I could tell you is that it's about a marionette who wants to become a boy and his nose grows when he lies. No, and that's wrong. His nose, the nose grow part is only like one. It only happens once. 90 second scene. Yeah, it only happens once. <laughs> Two thirds of the way through the movie. If I'm remembering correctly, Geppetto wants him to be real Mm -hmm. but but so does pinocchio because he knows that it'll make geppetto happy yeah i think so it's it's but it's it's geppetto's wish yes the titular wish upon a star or the the Mm -hmm. so-called wish upon a star was that pinocchio would be a real boy Mm -hmm. i feel like pinocchio is just kind of along for the ride he is just a pawn in this blue fairy but he's not because the blue fairy makes it clear that he needs to do these things to become a real real boy and he wants to try and do those things yeah so i do think it's it's his journey to go on it's not geppetto's it's it's for pinocchio to prove right and i think pinocchio he he shows growth when uh on pleasure island when lampwick starts becoming a donkey he notices mm-hmm. the changes and like visually Pushes. becomes yeah becomes dejected by all of the uh you know the beer and the the um, cigar because mm-hmm. he's like yeah this isn't cool and he stops like he 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 gets the ears and he gets the tail mm-hmm. and he realizes that this is a mistake mm-hmm. so he grows okay so pinocchio versus dumbo i mean we've said what we said about dumbo it's, it's a lot more streamlined. If that's what we're going for, it's a lot more streamlined. Pinocchio or Dumbo? Dumbo. I don't think Dumbo looks as good as Pinocchio. Because they went they You know went what? I out. think... Yeah, but Pinocchio seems busy. Yes. And I don't know that it's in a good way. I'm not going to use the I think it's apples and oranges excuse. But I think they're going for different things, maybe. Mm-hmm. Visually, I think you're right. Pinocchio has a lot more going on, which kind of lends it to being a more visual feat mm-hmm. um, than than Dumbo. But I, I love that Dumbo is more streamlined. It's shorter. It's less philosophical, I guess. I don't know. The narrator isn't as unpredictable as Jiminy Cricket and unreliable. Yeah, I, I and. Jiminy is unreliable in that one moment of doubt. I think that's the biggest thing. He doubts himself once because he loses Pinocchio. Like, he's late on the first day. That's really it. And he was playing catch-up from there. It's not just then, because once he gets to... Once he sees Pinocchio as an actor, he's like, well, maybe this will be fine. Like, yeah, he he doesn't need me anyway. And then, again, when it comes to... Well, no, because once he gets to 
Pleasure Island he's trying to rescue him. Yeah, because Pleasure more. Island isn't Pinocchio's fault. I'll say, well, is it his fault? Because I thought he got he got kidnapped. He got kidnapped and sent to Pleasure Island. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Jiminy's just, again, Jiminy's playing catch up, but he's he didn't actively just leave. Mm-hmm. So, because they were, after after he gets rescued and fairy ex machina away from the, <laughs> from Stromboli, they are on their way back to Geppetto's. Like, great, mm-hmm. we're going home. We are going home. And then Pinocchio gets kidnapped. So I don't put that one on Jiminy. Yeah. He just should have let Pinocchio run in front of him. Okay, so for Pinocchio versus Dumbo, we're saying Dumbo? Are we saying Dumbo? I'm saying Dumbo. If you are saying Dumbo, why? <laughs> uh, because of what we just talked about. Because it's, I like the story more. It's fantastical in a way that makes sense. Like, Pinocchio is just kind of one after the other of... Really, this is ridiculous. And Jiminy Cricket is a waste of space and time. And I think it looks busy compared to Dumbo. Dumbo at least looks pretty. And it does have some good songs. I feel like we got to the same point last time we talked about Pinocchio at all. (laughs) I don't like Pinocchio. so I, I don't remember liking Pinocchio at the time either. But I made the same argument that Pinocchio has a few more iconic moments for me than Dumbo. But I'm having a hard time deciding between, like, reverence versus, like, the movie itself. I think I'm going to take your thing briefly if I were to watch a movie every... Oh, hold on. I gotta say this. I legit fell asleep during Pinocchio. (laughs) I, I, I don't know if it... Because I watched Pinocchio in two parts. Because I think I watched the beginning of it and then went to work. Like, I watched up to right before... Like, I basically watched the opening up to where mm-hmm. he meets Honest John. And then I came home after a decent day at work and watched the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And I still fell asleep. And I I was awake and alert for most of Dumbo. So... <laughs> I, and then I fell asleep at the beginning of Dumbo, so maybe this isn't the best example. <laughs> yeah. I will go with Dumbo because it was... I didn't fall asleep for as long during it. <laughs> this is what we've come to, guys. <laughs> Which one didn't we fall asleep to? I did not fall asleep to either. I'm just saying. Oh, how the tables have turned. <laughs> Okay, so Dumbo goes... I like a a lot more of the... A couple more of the moments in Dumbo more than uh, Pinocchio. I'm more likely to show someone to to look at Dumbo again because of, you know, smaller things. And no no shade to Pinocchio. There are great moments in Pinocchio, too. Like, the the opening uh, of Pinocchio, like, the the push-in on the town... It mm-hmm. reminds me of the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, where they're going through uh-huh. the village. Yep, I have that too. There's a there's a joke. Or the, I don't think they meant this as a joke, but I, I thought it was hilarious. There's a lot of clock play. Clock, <laughs> there's a lot of clock play during Pinocchio. Oh, that Tori? Clock play. I'm not 12, it's fine. There's a lot of clock play. I'm going to say it again, in Pinocchio. 
because they when it's time for them to go to bed they show about <laughs> they show about 12 different shots of clocks do you think there's a thing about clocks in disney like we why does kevin hook anyway we're getting off track they're they they show about 12 different you know all the clocks that geppetto has made they're going off they all go off in their special way which makes me think they spent a lot of time animating how these clocks you know ring but the joke to me was when all that happens geppetto's still like huh i wonder what time it is (laughs) pulls out a separate clock from his pocket a pocket clock as you will and that's called a watch no it's it's a because i've said clocks Uh a bunch Uh of times Uh Uh Um, and it still is like what time is it but i thought i thought that was fun okay so we have dumbo going against snow white in the final what are you thinking about when you're thinking about these two against each other it's unfair really why I i think it's unfair because from from every angle Snow White is the the winner. Yeah. I can look at it from multiple angles. The least important to us when we make these decisions is Snow White, I believe, was the moneymaker. Snow White mm-hmm. was the mo was the highest grossing film of the year when it came out. And Dumbo it- barely I think barely made its budget back. I'll look that up. Mm-hmm. I think it was over time, right? Like it took four or five years. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's the movie's fault, though, because movies are uh, animated movies, especially back then, take a while. Yeah. Yeah, it, it barely made its budget back. It also came out in 41. So just before the U.S. entered World War II. We are on the cusp of war. Yeah, I for this, for me, Snow White is a clear winner. I think there are more images that stick in my mind in Dumbo, like um, Dumbo and the scene with the clowns jumping off the fire tower, the pink elephant parade, <laughs> and then the sad scene with Dumbo and mom. But Snow White, I was impressed. Textures was something that I noticed in Snow White that I was surprised by. Um, was that how I think it also I, I noticed that more as the movie went on because the, one of the very first thing I noticed things I noticed about Snow White was that she doesn't really have a neck they gave her no jawline and so for as the movie goes on to find all these different textures to see wood grain and to see um, see texture in the water when especially when they're washing and bubbles and that happens in Pinocchio too and mm-hmm. thinking about it, I think Dumbo might be the worst looking of all five of these because you have the special attention to detail that they took with Snow White and Pinocchio. You have the sheer volume of animation and different styles with Fantasia. And then you have the expressionist look of Bambi. And mm-hmm. then you just have Dumbo. <clears throat> which yeah. uh, it, it doesn't look as impressive as the other three. I think what Dumbo has going for it is the simplicity of the story, the, the cuteness of the elephant, 
Um, <laughs> I do like that. I noticed at the end when Dumbo is a superstar, they they have Mrs. Jumbo riding away from the other elephants in their own car, which is <laughs> which is the correct choice. But I, I I like the characterization of the dwarfs so much in Snow White. And knowing how Disney does, you know, newer movies and newer live action adaptations, it makes me weary to see what they're going to do with the live action adaptation. Because mm-hmm. I know like they're going to get big names and not Peter Dinklage to be the dwarfs. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, we should have talked about that news, but we don't talk about, you know, hot Bruno. gas. Hot gas. Yeah. Or Bruno. <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't spill the tea on this show. The, the dwarfs are all so well-defined in their own, you know, they, they all have their own distinguished personality that mm-hmm. I don't think Disney is going to, I, I don't know if they're going to take that sort of care with a live-action adaptation because the characters that are going to get the most development are the triangle. You're going to get Snow White, of course. You're going to get mm-hmm. the queen. And the prince is going to be someone important. In the live action do you, adaptation. Do you think so? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The prince is not going to be some no name with 30 seconds of screen time. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. The I think prince it is could. going to be the prince is going to be way more I important mean, than they make the What dwarfs. if what if they do the opposite though? What if it's what if he's even less important? That's a ballsy move. In, in the I don't in know. the way of movie making now, I I know Feminism. I, fair. What fair. if it, what if the prince is actually a princess? Yeah, we're we're not there yet. <laughs> no. Nah, nah. I mean I'll say it, I don't like it. I don't. Fair enough. I don't. That's We can talk about that when we do the review for live action. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or when they drop a trailer. Let's say that. Let's let's not speculate too soon but yeah i appreciate that the the dwarfs are their own uh their own people i mean they act they operate as a unit most of the time but within that unit when you're just with them they kind of have their own their own thing mm-hmm. and i think that's cool okay so snow white is the winner of our golden age bracket surprising no one the three seed. Snow I, White. you know what, I was, I was a little worried for a second. I thought you were going to put Pinocchio up there, and I was thinking about, well, do I strategically vote for the opposite for matchup three, so that we have to use head of the coin for four, so that Snow White can win? But maybe <laughs> go there. <laughs> I really wish that Bambi had made it more because I mean, I can make the. It would be difficult, but I can make the the argument that Bambi is better than some of these at least from an animation and music standpoint mm-hmm. something i enjoy doing with these is they put the credits at the beginning of the movie so you have to watch mm-hmm. them uh, and they're look, beautiful yeah yeah so gorgeous i want to look uh, i want to pick like a random animator's name and just kind of trace and see where they went not not the nine old men that's too easy mm-hmm. but like one of the like one of the layout artists yeah, mm-hmm. and see where they ended up. Like, mm-hmm. if their kids got into animation, if their kids still work at Disney, if their kids somehow started, like, 
I don't know, Illumination or something like that. But just seeing where the legacy of some of these, some of the first ones, the ones that were, you know, you mm-hmm. can say Pioneer. like, hey, my, you know, my grandfather or great grandfather was one of the people who, I can't say that because I'm black, but one of the, like my great grandfather was, you know, one of the layout animators on Snow White. Like He sat in meetings with Walt Disney. He's met the dude. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. stuff that I was thinking about. Yeah, I have a lot of just B-roll notes that I was thinking during uh, Snow White. I noticed that the voice syncing was weird. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when, especially when Snow White was singing, it looked way off. Like, mm-hmm. you know how now you can tell, like, Moana. When Moana mm-hmm. was singing, it looks like she's actually singing. That's yeah. not the case with Snow not- White. <laughs> not even yeah, her mouth thing. is just kind of open. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she's always moving. Like no one, no one. She's not like stationary when she's singing. She's oh, always yeah. like doing something. So it's like it, mm-hmm. it's distracting you from the fact that her mouth is not. It doesn't look like she's singing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably the fir- the second gripe that I had, and the set the second nitpick nitpick that I had. What do you got for? drunk disney okay so i think you can apply these to any of these any any of the five movies drink anytime there's a song drink uh three times anytime water is a central feature of the scene so think um when pinocchio goes into the ocean or when bambi yeah getting washed snow white the dwarves are doing their washing sequence it's no it's um, cleaning something mm-hmm. and sorcerer's apprentice <laughs> the whole thing so i think that's a pretty solid drink three times when that sequence starts um and same for fire there's for several of these at least there's an element of fire so those are the three rules drink at the beginning of a song when there's a water sequence or when fire is a key element of the scene very nice I like all mm-hmm. all of those work. Yeah. Right. I think. Yeah. I think so. I think they, it works across all five of them. Yeah. Because there are a lot of candles in Snow White. That's the only thing I'm. Only thing I'm thinking about is like, where is fire in Snow White? Oh, so I was thinking instead of candles, I was thinking the cauldron. And that, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this is the first of our series. Our next one up that we have is the wartime era bracket. We briefly alluded to right after. Bambi, which was released in uh, 1942, World War II happened. So a lot of the employees and animators of the Walt Disney Company either were drafted and went to war or volunteered and went to war. I don't know how that works. Um, Or they stayed behind and were picked to do training, animation for training videos or uh, war propaganda. For the company to stay afloat, Walt and whoever was left, they did a lot of, forget what the technical term for it is, but they did a lot of compilation movies where it mm. is a set of smaller animated segments that are put together and released as a theatrical feature. So mm-hmm. we have six of those for our next one from the Brackets for the Ages. We also have our Turning Red review, which... I haven't seen Turning Red yet, 
which is very out of character for me. It came out yesterday, right? Uh, it came out on or Friday. Today? No, it came out oh, Friday. Okay. came out Friday. Okay. So we'll get to that in due time. And we also, I'm very excited to do this for those of you who have been keeping track of the podcast from the beginning. We have a bunch of movies that have come out since we started the podcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've done reviews on all of them. I mean, Grace hasn't seen Raya yet, so she'll have to catch up. <laughs> it was that. like I think I think there are a couple that I wasn't on the reviews for, but for the most part, yeah, I think we've kept that pretty well. Yeah, for those, we are doing something called the newcomers bracket. Uh, for for those of you who play Smash Bros, think of it as these are the new these are the DLC characters that we're doing reviews for. So mm-hmm. that nerdy reference was for six people. You know who you are. <laughs> So we're doing a newcomer's bracket where we're going to, excluding uh, Turning Red, we're going to do a bracket of the 12 movies that have come out since we started the podcast. So that'll be fun, but we'll we'll get to that when we do. You can follow Disney Versus on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus, on Twitter at Disney VS, and on Instagram at Disney Versus Podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Uh, give us a five-star review and leave a comment. If you do, we will read it on the air. Thank you for listening, as always, and we will see you all next episode. Goodbye.